Welcome to episode 38 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. And we are recording now, today, <laughs> here in the studio. And we are doing a little bit of brand crossover because with me today is the esteemed team of our Comic Book Now show, Mr. Brandon Davis and Hello. Mr. Chris Killian. It is so good to be here. And they are crossing over to this show to help us do a final unpack of the end of the X-Men saga, Dark Phoenix. Mm. But that's not all we got today. Today we're also going to be talking about things that are happening over on DC Universe, which is kind of a growing topic on this show. We're also going to be talking about the first Phase 4 rumors and plans for Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we're going to be talking about who's coming to Comic-Con, or rather, in this case, who's not coming to Comic-Con this year. So, a lot to get to. Let's get started. Let's jump right in. And we're going to start at the top with something that's kind of relevant to today, specifically when we're recording. DC Universe just launched a new show, Swamp Thing, which they have also just canceled mm. after just one episode has aired. Yeah. Uh, so Swamp Thing has been canceled. It's only going to get 10 episodes of 10 episode first season, which was lower than the original 13. And it's not getting a season two. This is really, it's too bad. I, I've only seen the first episode, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I felt like it, it hit a perfect tone for what Swamp Thing needs to be. And the fact that they're canceling it, like, right out of the gate is just, well, I guess my DC app's going to get canceled, too. <laughs> yeah, and... I, I and, mean, do, um, are you expecting the other shows to get renewed? Uh, no, I am expecting... Yes, I'm expecting... I know Titans has been renewed. Um, I would expect Doom Patrol to be renewed. Are we uh, sure we're not just expecting the DC app to completely go belly up? Well, now, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, this is what our discussion has been. Yeah. Uh, like, we've been discussing it. I mean, Brandon, you've been here for a couple of these discussions yeah. on the show that we were all saying how worried we were about this DC universe because we saw the writing on the wall. We were like, these shows are good. I like Titans. I like Doom Patrol. Pound for pound, they've been putting out good original content. Titans was okay or pretty good for most people. Doom Patrol was really good. Uh, Young Justice Season 3 was highly acclaimed and has another half coming mm -hmm. uh swamp thing people were enjoying the kind of horror mix of swamp thing horror hero mix of swamp thing and so it, it was doing good for a niche streaming service in terms of original content pound for pound mm -hmm. but we were saying it was too limited there wasn't enough buzz about these shows and that was our it was our worry that they were going to get canceled because of that yeah. um swamp thing seems to be a little bit different a little bit more complicated of a situation because it kind of boils down to the biggest evidence for why this is getting canceled was a government error. Uh, North Carolina State, where the show was shot, has a kind of film, it has a rebate program basically for films. Like you film in the area, uh, you pay the production costs, and then they, give, they have X amount in the budget million to kind of give back to you to kind of help offset the cost of your production. So they thought they had a surplus left over about 60 million. It's supposed to be about 30 million annually that they, that they can tap for this. They thought they had 60 million in the bank already, and they were like, oh, so we're not going to put in another 30 million when we already have 60. That's already more than, like, than we probably should have in holding just for whatever films or shows might film here. But it was a miscommunication from another department. They actually didn't have that money, and they needed to budget another $30 million for this year. They didn't do that, and it ended up being Warner Brothers Television who, who got screwed in that because yeah. they're not going to get their rebate. Uh, Swamp Thing was kind of expensive. The pilot alone was like $4.8 or something like that to shoot. And so they spent all this money on season one, and they weren't going to get that money back. And so the, the, you know it, it was going to be in the red. And so they tried to do it first by scaling back the episodes to just 10 instead of 13. Um, but now because of this, and it doesn't seem like they were going to get it worked out for the fiscal year next year, there's no reason for them to keep the production on hold, to keep all that stuff in North Carolina and do all that and try to cover the cost of that show if it's not going to be profitable. So they're just like, well, this show's not profitable anymore and it's getting the axe, which I get it, but... I personally would have maybe waited a little bit longer into the season to drop that reveal. Mm -hmm. because Well, it, Warner Brothers didn't even drop it. Somebody who heard about this whole thing dropped it. So, I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I agree. It's safer to at least not even have that conversation until later. But at the same time, like we're saying about this DC Universe, I think that's what it comes down to. $4.8 million for one episode 
probably going to end up costing about $60 million for the season. Where are they making that money back? Exactly. Like, for just this show alone. Yeah. I mean, they have to pay for Titans. They have to pay for Doom Patrol. They have to pay for all the other... I mean, I don't have a DC Universe streaming subscription. Most people I know don't know it exists. So where are you making $60 million a year off of this, plus the cost of the other shows? Yeah. And that's, I mean, this has been the problem that we've been seeing. And yeah. we've just been asking the obvious question, how does this sustain itself? Because this doesn't seem sustainable. Well, now we're finding out that it might not be sustainable because we also got a report on the heels of Swamp Thing being canceled that the whole DC Universe streaming app and structure is being, quote unquote, re-evaluated. As it should be. Yeah, which is kind of like corporate speak for, we got to fix this ish, it is broken because, like, yeah, we can't. They have to just be bleeding money from this. Yeah, exactly. This whole entire attempt at a DC Universe streaming service. How do you, I don't know who thought this would be profitable unless you're, like launching movies on there with with Henry Cavill and yeah, and, and that's the thing DC, though that people keep Jason pointing Mello. out. It's like this streaming service is probably one of the weirdest like middle children of streaming services I've ever seen. Yeah, like they have good original content, but the other stuff is kind of it's kind of janky. Like people often forget they can read comics on it, which was supposed to be one of the features. They don't necessarily put the best comics on it. They don't put any of the Arrowverse stuff, which would draw in a much bigger crowd. Sure. They don't put in any of the recent DCEU movies. It's all like stuff from the 90s or early 2000s or the animated movies. And it's like you've basically taken your second tier content. Right. Dumped it on this service, want people to pay for it, and a couple of these, and one original show at a time. Well, and also, the original shows, I think, are very um, directed to a specific audience. You know, I got a little kid, right? And yeah. he wants to, he, he loves the DC Universe app, but he can't watch Titans. He can't watch Doom Patrol, yeah. you know? No. So, oh, yeah, especially not Doom Patrol. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. So, it's like. I think that if they would have directed the content maybe to a little bit of a younger crowd at the same time or, or, or produced some content for that, you could be hitting it in all angles. Is this another case of Warner Brothers being behind Marvel on this stuff and seeing how the Netflix shows with Marvel worked and they were all R-rated and they were like, oh, well, we should do our own. And they thought maybe that was the key because the I difference f- is that Netflix already had the subscribers. Yeah, yeah. and they I didn't feel have to like, build a platform with it. Right. Yeah, and I feel like that's what it was. I mean, I don't know for sure. I'm not part of this, but like, it does seem like a half cocked idea. Like, it seems simple to be like, well, let's just do it and make sure the money comes back to us on our service. Screw Netflix and licensing fees. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, how do you build that? You got to build that subscriber base, and people forget as this has been coming out in the conversation about this. Netflix had to grind for a long time, and they they were in the red for a long time on the on the idea of getting to this future that they could see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they started in like late nineties. But people forget about the whole DVD in the mail thing. Yeah. that it was for a people long. People forget time. about that in the early two thousands. But they began in the late nineties doing yeah. this. So like before you and I, I don't even remember Netflix in the late nineties, but I definitely remember coming out of college. Like in, I graduated 2003. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 2002 was about the time, like, we were just getting to our apartment, our first DVD shipped to us, which we thought was super futuristic, you know? <laughs> like, and then you just got to tear mm-hmm. it off, put it back in that little slot, ship it back, and yeah. it was like all easy, right? So, like, yeah, Netflix had to grind. What's mail? <laughs> what's, I don't, I don't know what's anymore. A, yeah, that whole concept seems so absurd now, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and then I remember the big debate about are we going full streaming or not? Like in the late everybody 2000s, thought they were dumb like, when they yeah. when they said there's two separate uh, charges. There's a charge for your mail service and there's a charge for your uh, <coughs> for your streaming service. And everybody, I remember when they launched the streaming service as a separate fee subscription fee, and like their stock tanked, and everybody was like, "This is the worst thing ever." The Netflix is going to go out of business. I remember, and then they were everybody was wrong. Yeah, streaming service was the future. Yeah, and and I mean, and they and they got the rewards for that dedication. Yeah, oh yeah, that's. A, I mean, that was a risk. Yeah, but you can't be DC like DC Universe. You just can't come off the block. No, you have like, to. You have to be able to reach more people. Be like, it's DC. If you're, if you're gonna spend sixty million dollars on a single series, yeah. you have to be able to. Granted, that wasn't their plan. No, but no, no, no. If, were, if you're gonna put that kind of money up, you have to reach more no you're gonna reach more people I like where is this even being marketed mm-hmm. 
that's people a good, don't know about this. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, I don't know where. I, I don't even remember seeing. Like, I don't. See people learned stuff. that Swamp Thing existed by learning that Swamp Thing was canceled. <laughs> like, where is the marketing for this? I think the Save Swamp Thing hashtag is bigger than the. I think I made the joke yesterday. I was like, "Wow, look at all these people in the Save Swamp Thing hashtag." I was like, "Outside of Comic Con, the actual people who actually where is? The, I, I've never seen anything for it outside of San Diego Comic. No, there's not like things on TV. Not even on like I don't somebody who watches a lot of I don't know. Comedy Central. Yeah, like, there's not even stuff there. How right? are people supposed to know the Titans is on? How are people? If I went out anywhere, I could go to Starbucks. I could go to the gym. I could probably go to the library anywhere. And I could be like, "Hey." You ever heard of the show Doom Patrol on DC Universe? I truly believe nine out of ten people are going to tell They're me. They're going to be like, sir, I don't know what you're books. talking about. Please stand away from me. Now, Yeah, yeah exactly. Nick, uh, our editor, had a great idea about it, which it's total conspiracy theory, and I highly doubt that it's true. But he actually threw <laughs> out the idea that, like, what if Warner Brothers is kind of got this idea that if they cancel it right away because we've got – like, they're getting on this petition bandwagon and we can kind of see what angry <laughs> fans do and maybe – Maybe we can get yeah, another that. financial I mean, that backer. Been, that's been growing. I mean, <laughs> and that's not crazy because it's been reported that HBO and I think the CW. So this was all a plot to get a remake of season seven and eight of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> like, no, but HBO and the CW have reportedly taken looks at Swamp Thing and, mm -hmm. and considered it. Um, so it's not too crazy. But aren't those Warner Brothers entities? Yeah. Yeah, and so, like... <laughs> so, I mean, in that sense, the conspiracy theory maybe holds a little weight. Yeah, I mean, and there is something the, else the going to, towards this because there's been announcements about the Warner streaming service that is going to come, and that's already looking like a more attractive package. They're going to have all these Warner Brothers movies, and they're throwing in HBO and Cinemax, and if you were to just then take DC Universe and fold it, dump the comics crap that you people aren't using, and take the original content and, and put it into the Warner streaming service, then you have a much stronger Here's platform. the thing. They should have done that before Game of Thrones ended. Yeah. Oh, they, they agreed. They should have done that before Game of Thrones. Oh, Because agreed. there is no title or franchise within Warner Brothers right now outside of the upcoming DC films that I can think of that would draw that mainstream massive conversation to, get, to raise awareness for this now that Game of Thrones is done. There's not, they don't have one right now. They have the DC, they have Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman and all that coming up, but those are going to go to the theaters first and all that. What Chernobyl, does HBO have? Chernobyl 2, Moscow Heat. <laughs> but like HBO, the, Warner Brothers just doesn't have one right now. But no. you don't think that just the, having access to the Do entire Warner Brothers library? I don't think it's enough because people are going to subscribe to Disney Plus, and I think people already have Hulu subscriptions and Netflix subscriptions, and I don't like, there are people who will. But yeah. I don't think Warner Brothers has enough of an exciting catalog to even draw people's attention away from those other ones. I mean, it might be something to get to when that Game of Thrones prequel series launches. I mean, that's like the biggest, that's the best window I can think of off the top of my You'd head. You'd have to launch like a Harry Potter series on your service or something like that. Something mm -hmm. of that, yeah. that. Those are the juggernaut franchises. Batman, Harry Potter, Game yeah. of Thrones. Uh, I don't know, do a Soprano spinoff or something, yeah, which I mean, they are. Yeah, but you, yeah. Have to, you have to reach different demographics to pay for this stuff and, and let people know it exists. Yeah, so, all right, Swamp Thing, we all hardly right, knew ye. I'm a, I mean, I'm going to finish season one because I did enjoy the first episode. Yeah. Tell you what, I'm not even going to start it because it's canceled. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot, and, that's the, and that's the reality for a lot of people. Yeah, that's the problem. So, there it is. All right, moving right along. Let's talk other good Warner Brothers stuff. Warner Brothers is skipping Hall H this year at Comic-Con. Oh, my God. Warner Brothers, what are you doing? I'm and sorry, Brandon. kind of, this, this feeds in to, let's just take these next two together, I think, because I think they're kind of related. So Warner Brothers is skipping Hall H this year. And that's kind of significant because Comic-Con is built around two major events, which is mm -hmm. like the Saturday Night Marvel Stuff Saturday and the Saturday morning, morning Warner Brothers, specifically and usually the DC stuff that they unveil. And so skipping this year is kind of riling some people the wrong way because it's not just that they're skipping, but they also made the bad PR move of picking the year where they have a couple female-led franchises to kind of present. Wonder Woman 1984, Birds of Prey that DC could be putting forward. And they're like, well, this is the girl movies. 
we're taking this year off, and it's just like that's <laughs> don't not think thinking. that's why they make. I know, decisions. I know that's not, but of course, the internet is the internet, and Twitter, the Twitter justice system is the Twitter justice system, and so people are freaking out about that. But I'll tell you why they're not. In going, general, whatever no way they were ever getting Joaquin Phoenix on Hall H's stage, and you can't go to Comic Con to promote DC movies without talking about Joker, and Joaquin Phoenix was never going to go. You think this boils down to one man? I think it's. I think that's a big part of it. I re- like. I know that they were trying to talk about it and figure out how they're going to get Joaquin Phoenix there a few months ago. I don't know what happened since then, but I can only imagine he said no. You don't and think, th- though, that if they could have got maybe like a Robert Pattinson or somebody there that that could have covered for Joaquin Phoenix? I mean, yeah, but I think that's a problem. You have Joker coming out before any other DC movie. Yeah. You're not going to acknowledge it at Comic-Con during your presentation? That's tough. I'm sure there's other factors, but that's got to be one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big one. That is a big one. I just, I wonder, like, this is kind of freaky because it kind of signals the end of an era for, for what Comic-Con was, like how we all kind of have come up with it about, you know, these big, major DC Marvel, you know, events at Hall H. Now, DC's not go- coming this year, and our next story was going to be talking about Marvel is going to announce its Phase 4 plans at D23. Are they? I mean, uh, they have. What are they going to announce at Comic Con then? That's that's the question. Like, that's where we're at now. Like, are the Phase Four plans like confirmed for D twenty three? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but it'll be a bit. Comicbook.com says Marvel Studios Phase Four plans to be revealed at D twenty three. Yeah, they D twenty three has put out a schedule already. Like, they're well, yeah, but Mar- I mean, Marvel, Marvel will be there, but Marvel, but D twenty three has its live action presentation, which is two hours, and in those two hours, it's all of Disney. So you have you're going to have movies like Cinderella and Maleficent and The Lion King and all the other Disney movies and then you're going to have Star Wars and then you're going to have the Disney Plus live action shows and the animated shows and everything and Marvel all in 2 hours. So I'm sure Marvel will be there and have a presence. Yeah. I could see them doing a Phase 4 slate at Comic-Con and a Disney Plus heavy presentation at D23. I, I think I'm. I mean, I think it's up in the us. air because I think this year is a little different because they're launching Disney Plus. Sure. And they may want to pull all their big guns together in a Disney focused arena because that is their real agenda in all this right now is mm-hmm. getting that streaming service up and, and making sure it becomes yeah. a Netflix competitor. Yeah. So. I'm kind of trepidatious about what they're actually going to do at Comic-Con. And that's what we're talking about but here. But I just like, don't think there's any way they can disappoint people at Comic-Con. No, but Marvel finds clever ways to kind of yeah, exactly. get around it. Even if they don't do like a full balls-to-the-wall Hall H presentation. You know, there's clever little things they can do. Set up displays, reveals, stuff like that. They were there like this past year. And what, what did they, they brought out, or were they there this past year? You were there, two, I wasn't. Two years yeah, ago. I remember. They brought that. out Captain Marvel, they announced Samuel Jackson would be in Captain Marvel. I don't think they announced any new movies. They didn't announce any new movies because Phase 3 was already all in play. I think the biggest announcement was that Samuel Jackson was in Captain Marvel, and it was set in the 90s. And it was still, it wasn't disappointing. No. I mean, what, but they're going to do a two, uh, what, a one hour, two hour, I'm sure they'll talk about, they have to talk about the Black Widow movie. Yeah. They're shooting it, so they have to talk about it. I'm sure they'll show something. Yeah, I mean, that's because that's a safe one. We yeah. already know Scarlet. She's already a pro at this. Like, they can shoot a sizzle reel or something like that. I don't know. I think Marvel's going to blow the roof off at Comic-Con. I think they're going to have some big stuff. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I'm not hating because I want that to happen. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Like, it'll, it'll, otherwise, this Comic-Con's going to Exactly. Blow. That's my whole point. Like, if they don't, and Warner Brothers isn't there, like, this is going to be But also, think about this. Weird Comic-Con. Just because Warner Brothers isn't in Hall H... Doesn't mean they're not going to have some good reveals on the floor. No, you absolutely not. You can count on not. some costumes. You can still count on because Warner Brothers releases. They, they also consider this how expensive it is. Oh, I know. To go to Comic Con to bring all these celebrities to Comic Con just to show a trailer to Hall H, the one studio that always releases their trailers online simultaneously to showing them in Hall H is Warner Brothers. Yep. Just release the trailer online on Saturday. Mm. You'll, yeah. still, you'll still win and you'll and save that, millions of dollars. And that probably. brings us right back to our conversation in one of the last episodes we had. You and I, like, we were talking about this and we we're theorizing about the Batman. And we said, like, yeah, Matt Reeves could just wake up the morning of Saturday morning at Hall H and just be like, Send and just oh, be yeah. like, yeah, here's, here's Robert Pattinson. Here's the, the tweet. Suit. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think, happy I don't think, Sorry, we're uh, not Hall H. 
I don't think they'll announce, they'll reveal, I don't think Warner Brothers will reveal any Batman stuff the week of Comic-Con. I think that would be a bad move, not being there and just dropping something because it'll get buried. If you release Robert Pattinson... Uh, I don't know that it would get buried. Yeah, I think you might bury some of Comic-Con. Yeah. But if you you release Robert Pattinson, Batman, Saturday morning, and then Saturday night, Marvel's like, yo, phase four. I mean... I still feel like there's so much interest in this... Batman. I mean, oh, sure. people have been I mean, talking like about it for gonna, two years. It's not like people are going to not see the Batman photo or whatever, but I, I think there's other... Like, if they were to release it right now, this is the slowest news cycle of the year, June. You'll be talked about for the next three weeks. Everybody will be writing lists about the best parts of the Batman costume. Shoulder pads, knee pads, shin guards. I love how you are building up to your career in PR, <laughs> studio PR. Well, You're doing a good job here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm trying. Um, but yeah, so I won't be the whole forever. point of this is if they if somebody doesn't start bringing something, it's going to be a weird Comic-Con. But Warner Brothers, I mean, we, I mean, along with this announcement that they weren't coming to Hall H, we did get one kick-ass Wonder Woman poster, so... Yeah. Oh, wait till you see more of that costume. Oh, man, don't tease me. Wait till you see more. Don't tease me. (laughs) I got so many things that I want to say. Don't you tease me. Don't do it, but but (laughs) there's more to see, and you're going to, it's cool. Dude, I love Wonder Woman, I mean, yeah, so I'm excited for that. She's the best. All right, uh, so moving along to the last thing, we got a whole bunch of supposed leaks, quote unquote, from the Marvel Phase 4 lineup, some interesting things now. Our own Charlie Ridgely is in the process of tracking this all down and kind of debunking a lot of this because it was it was attributed to a Marvel scooper who never scooped it. Mm-hmm. It just the internet got this. It was one of those echo chamber things on the internet where one person mer- messed up the source and then like fifty other people just ran with it. But it's not too crazy about some of the things we're hearing in this. I mean, it's I mean that's the reason I'm not like totally against it about talking about this on the podcast. Um, some things are just like the Black Widow movie that they'll have the character of Yelena Bova, the other Black Widow that tries to replace, you know, Natasha Romanoff at one point in the comics. That was kind of a safe bet that we would probably see that in a Black Widow movie uh, mm-hmm. as a storyline. Um, the Eternals, we're hearing like, you know, just confirmations of who some of the cast, this, like Richard Madden and Camille Nanjian. This same name? list Nijiani said that Black Panther Andrew, 2 is filming in Australia in the fall. When I can confirm, without a shadow of a doubt, I know for fact Shang Chi is filming in Australia. Yeah, that that was kind of question. That so, was kind of a shady one. Yeah, that production I mean, schedule. Time I know one hundred percent certainty. That's true. Yeah, Shang Chi. We heard a little bit about uh, Black Panther two. That Killmonger, which has been a recurring rumor, will be returning. But I mean, that's not like a huge thing because it's in a spirit realm. It's supposedly in a spirit realm mm-hmm. scene, which would be cool. Like if Michael B. Jordan just showed up in the spirit realm just to mess with I feel like this is all just... Just kind of hearsay. I mean, I'm happy about the Nova rumor, but I I also think that a Nova pop being released while so many people are speculating about a Nova movie while his origin story was set up in Infinity War is not a coincidence. Uh, But, I mean, it's all just kind of things that you and I could say and someone said. Like, it's speculation that became a story. Yeah, It became like a claim story. Uh, my point about all this was, was there anything in here like that especially excited you that you really hoped? I'd be really real? disappointed. Can I say, can I? Can yeah, I, yeah. I'd be disappointed if the Fantastic Four is set in the 1960s. Oh. I, hmm. I'm kind of tired of the MCU being in the past. I, I, it hasn't happened very often. But I think I, there's some, some cool elements to it. I mean, I think Captain America was a, a great example of something that could work. Uh, as a I mean, look, piece. it could work, and I think Peyton Reed's a great director. So if it is true, Peyton Reed is directing Fantastic Four in the '60s. Cool. I'm gonna watch the movie, obviously. But yeah, I, the I mean, only it thing could be run, it could be fun in a Jack Kirby kind of throwback. I think it could be fun, like, but the the problem with it is, it's almost the problem that I have with Captain Marvel is so much stuff gets retconned. It's like you would think that twenty something movies in that somebody might have mentioned the Fantastic Four at that point. Yep. And that's where it gets kind of weird that like, why, why would, if, if this all happened in the sixties, why did nobody ever bring them up? You know? So that's the only real issue that I would have with that. I mean, the only thing I could think of is they disappeared and then they reappear. Like, mm-hmm. but nobody knew about them. It's fantastic for celebrities. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you do this because Marvel's starting to get crazy with this. Like, yeah, I don't know how you can keep But the sixties is one of those times where we haven't explored yet yeah. in, in the MCU. So I'm sure if it, if it turned out to be true, I would have be shocked, but they, because they like to do that. I mean, I thought Captain Marvel did not capitalize on exploring '90s oh, tones and themes, not even a little, to, uh, unless it was in the form of really on the nose music. 
I, yeah. Like, I mean, they, they could have explored the 90s. They could have had... I think the only thing that felt to me vibes. very 90s was the L.A. chase scene. Like, that was about it. Yeah, the car, because of the look of the cars and, yeah. the, and, the, uh, and the clothing. And, and actual, like, yeah, and just the physical... It reminded me of 90s movies of yeah. the chase. Yeah, but yeah. some of it also felt forced, too, like when, when the, the little girl brings up, like, but who's going to watch, watch Fresh Prince with me? You know, I was like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a that. lot of... There was a lot of, yeah. don't you remember this yeah. was... Right. Right, 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 right. Key word, key prop. Key, Blockbuster! Key yeah, like, yeah, like, whereas Guardians of the Galaxy really capitalized on an 80s feel organically like it was a it was a tone of the film was yeah. the 80s the 80s was a character in the guardians of the galaxy the first movie and it when in captain marvel didn't do that but they, they it was cool to see some of the stuff i wanted to see like a tamagotchi or something but i didn't uh but <laughs> I, I think the 60s could be a character in itself the 40s were a character in captain america mm-hmm. things like that oh yeah the, the 2008 was a character real world issues were a character in iron man yeah right yeah. I I remember when Daredevil was initially coming out on Netflix and there were rumors that that was going to be set in like a gritty 1970s sort of vibe, which I thought was a really cool idea. I think Daredevil is a character that you could probably get away with something like that as well, because like if you set it in the 1970s and he's a little more secretive, then maybe people hadn't heard of him. You it would know? just be an urban he's, legend. Exactly, he's an urban legend that nobody really mentions a lot. But Fantastic Four, I see, is being a little tougher to pull off because like you said, they are celebrities yeah. at that time. I think that a lot of that stuff is... is, is- it's bullsh. It's bullsh. It's bullsh. It's bullsh. It's as much as I can say on this we podcast. Don't, we don't no, I, don't, I think the majority bullsh. of that's crap. I don't think it's true. Yeah. Um, I think the Roger Wardell, what he actually said, is probably true because he was right in the past. Whoever this guy is. Yeah. So Damn you, Roger. Be careful of those scoops out there, kids. They're not all real. Although, there is one in here that I thought is also a recurring one. You guys think Norman Osborn is showing up in Far From Home? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I Part of me... Listen, learning that from a tweet pissed me off. The thirst for Twitter clout is so real. A spoiler is not a scoop. Yeah. And if you post that stuff on Twitter to try to gain RTs, you're a loser. Mm-hmm. So you, didn't, you, didn't, you don't like that that was put out there? No, why would you no. put that out there? Because no, you heard no, no, a plot no. point from a film? That's, that's lame. You're making me feel really good I brought this up now. Really good. I brought this up. No, no, no. Well, no. It's I not know. Your, I'm just no, joking. It's no, just you joking. should. It's out there. Every people yeah, listening people to this know, probably yeah. know. But and also, if you're casting Norman Osborn, that's one thing. If you say so and so actor casts Norman Osborn, that's a scoop. Yeah, that's great. But if you're telling me a plot point in the film, a secret character, a secret character in the yeah. film, without an actor, like that's not a scoop. That's just a spoiler, and you're you're a loser. All right, you heard it from Mr. Brandon Davis right there. It's not even a hot take. That's a fair take. All right. Yeah, no, I'm not arguing with you, man. Don't spoil movies. Don't spoil movies. All right, so stay tuned because when we come back, we are going to jump into the last installment of the X-Men movie franchise and break down all things Dark Phoenix. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, so Dark Phoenix, Brandon Davis. A movie. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Davis. We're gonna go in. Yeah, but we are seriously gonna go in full spoilers discussion. Um, X Men started in the two thousand. I remember being out there the first day. Uh, I, I remember. I remember when it came out. The day it came out, like this was such a huge deal to me because I was in college at the time, working on a kind of thesis based on what I had to do for my degree about comic books as pop, possible yeah. pop culture media franchises. Yeah. Um, and so when X-Men came out, that was a big deal for oh, me. Oh, yeah, same. So I, I, was, I, I was in the, college, and he was in diapers, but it was... Uh, <laughs> I was sitting next to my mom in the movies. <laughs> I was like 10. 
But uh, oh, I love those. I days still too. remember seeing Wolverine on screen for the first time. It was just so yeah. I was like, oh, this is the coolest yeah. thing. And I remember grabbing the Philadelphia Inquirer and just looking so par- like so scared about how many stars it would get. Yeah, what the reception would be like because we didn't. We didn't do like you know this whole film Twitter thing would exist back then, so right. you actually had to listen to your local newspaper guy or magazine <laughs> guy who you. Read. I, I remember not even knowing that it was coming out. I went to the theater just to go see something and seeing the poster for it, and I had There's no idea they were even, even do yeah. Anymore. That never happens anymore. Yeah, but I went to the, the theater movies. and was like, "Oh, there's an X Men movie," and I just freaking flipped out and was like, "That yes." Yeah, oh no, I knew going. because I spent. Uh, I think it was back then. It was like a week to download a trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I put in the time to download that trailer so that I could watch it over and over. See, I was studying in until college, this day. So. I still don't get that one shot of how Wolverine yeah, right. kind of spins around the Statue of Liberty's point with his claw while he's fighting Sabretooth. But it doesn't matter. In it doesn't the, matter. In the, in the year 2000, we never year got superheroes 2000. like this. Superhero movies were not this good back then. No. So this, like, that was just, who cares? No, but, like, yeah, it was a game changer. Like, yeah. when I saw it, and strangely enough, I mean, I just remember loving the first half of X-Men so much. Right. Just, like, all the character stuff with Rogue and Wolverine and all that stuff. Well, if you've seen Ghostbusters 2, also, that's not the worst thing that we've seen with the Statue of Liberty, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I love Ghostbusters too. Come on, I do slime I do. under New York. Ghostbusters two and Batman were literally and that the dude first with the light up eyes saw. still freak me out all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, when you're just in the that unnecessary scene. Of anyway, this, like, anyway, we're getting off on yeah, that. Yeah, we're on Ghostbusters. Back 2. to Dark Phoenix. Yeah, back to Dark Phoenix. So here we are. <laughs> what a film! Nineteen years later, remarkable. And we're finishing up the X Men franchise. And for me, in kind of lackluster fashion, but I'm gonna let Brandon Davis take this away because uh, he did our review. For us, and uh, yeah. I like to preface this by saying I like Simon Kinberg. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I and I, I think he really tried. Yeah. And I think his original ending would have made the movie much better. And people are going to talk about the original ending on Monday. I know that there were interviews that have revealed the original ending, and I was more interested in that. But the movie we got just was a very bland movie. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to describe it. I don't think it was a bad movie. I just don't think it was a good movie. I never felt anything. I never really cared. No. I was just, just kind of like thing. Yeah, I was just kind of like, all right, this thing's happening. Now this thing's happening. Now this thing's happening. What's the runtime here? Because I don't really care. And it, it I thought Michael Fassbender kind of seemed like the only cast member who tried. Yeah. Yeah. He everyone else really he was nailed awesome. it in. I I can't think of a time that I've seen an actor or actress look any more like I'm contractually obligated to do this than Jennifer Lawrence looked in that movie. Ben oh, Affleck yeah. during the reshoots of Justice League. Yes, that's a good that's yeah. a good call. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Jennifer Lawrence didn't care. No, I, she, honestly, like, and it's it, she, I, and I, I can I'm imagine sure a hissy fish she threw to be like. Kill me in the first like yeah she was thirty minutes I'm out the very I, definition I, of phoning it in yeah I didn't yeah. Uh, and I might get crap for this but the like the like I understand the social awareness aspect that movies have to have now but the line like uh, might as well call them the X women was just a lack of social awareness and forced I'm gonna, to me it was oh that I, was I, super you know, it was I thought so the cringy. same thing I thought the same thing last night and I laughed out loud when she said it and my girlfriend looked at me and was like oh yeah is that right yeah and I was well, like I, mean, mind. Ma- I don't know maybe I'm on the opposite side on there, but I just thought like that's not it like mm-hmm. whereas Captain Marvel really did empower make women feel empowered or by Wonder seeing Woman. her on screen or yeah, Wonder, Wonder Woman yeah. still the best by yeah far. well Wonder Woman did it the best mm-hmm. Wonder Woman sure but anyway uh the only thing that I thought at that moment, though, because I saw, I was like, oh, that is so on the nose. Like, uh, Yeah, then, that's my point. But then I started that... laughing because I thought about it, and I thought about all the rest of the movies, and I was like, well, I was like, yeah, kind of. I was like, Mystique saves the day in Days of Future Days Past. Of Jean saves the day in Apocalypse. Uh, Moira kind of saves the day in First Class. I'm not saying like, the line is not without... Yeah, there's without, there's like a lot like, of that merit to that statement. Without merit, yeah. but it yeah. just, the way they deliver, like... Other writers, no, it was other writers it would was, have made it work. Like there were a lot of bad dialogue. I, I even my least yeah. favorite. Dude, this is when the movie. I think I realized, like, all right, this they're kind of just phoning everything in. Is when the scene where Jean Grey is looking like an old man at the bar, per, making other people perceive her as an old man at the bar, and uh, Jessica Chastain, who I didn't even know her character's name until I looked it up after the movie. Um, sat down and Jean Grey goes, how did you find me? And Jessica Chastain's character goes, let's just say I have friends in high places. And I was like, is this like a 90s John claude Van Damme film? Mm -hmm. Where does this dialogue come from? 
But I think it suffered from reshoots. I think there was a lot of plan. I think they were originally scrolls. I, like there's, yeah. there's no doubt those char- those aliens were scrolls at first. Yeah. They probably looked entirely different yeah. as aliens. You probably saw them as aliens more, and the ending would have been more meaningful had they gotten to the ending they actually wanted for the movie. Yeah, and like that's I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, it was just like here are generic aliens one through thirteen. Yeah, like yeah, everything just, was generic. I do want to. They didn't even show you like when she first takes on Jessica Chastain's form. Like, mm-hmm. what happens? What's the weird thing she keeps doing to everybody's belly? Like, it's just an Adobe Premiere effect swirl. Yeah, and it's, it's just a swirl like, She like swirls people's bellies and like <laughs> yeah. What what the hell is going on with that? The whole alien storyline was so like just bad and just tacked it really was an amalgamation of so many movies that came before it though yeah like it was like shazam opening car crash scene shazam meeting your parent who doesn't want you anymore not only that but it was also marvel would have already stole their ending the same with x-men movies though i mean how many times are we gonna see like professor x and magneto like magneto goes away to some foreign land to try to become a better person and then he gets dragged back in and at first he's a bad guy and then he helps them again well that's the problem i think i think that's the problem with the x-men franchise now it's gone stale it's not doing it's not innovating it's spinning wheels and the wheels were, they made really good movies before. So those wheels are entertaining enough for us to go and be like, all right, I'm not mad I spent $15 on a ticket. I just wouldn't tell my friends, hey, you should see this movie. If you're an X Men fan, sure, go see it by all means. Yeah, if you want to because finish up the franchise. There's a few things worth pointing out that were good. Well, yeah. I mean, Michael Fassbender, we said he's great, but he had some really cool action sequences. Yeah, the action sequences with the, Magneto and even like the train, which was kind of. Deadpoolish and still. Yeah, but it worked. The Nightcrawler yeah. stuff there was great. Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler stuff, put yep. his tail through a dude's neck. And when he it was great in front of the train, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, yeah. oh yeah, he disappears, yeah. puts that chick in front of the train, and get, or the dude in front of the train and gets back in the train. Yeah. That was awesome. It was yeah. clever. That how did he do that by the way? Because could he see that? I, I don't, don't know. know. I didn't ask you. But anyway, that yeah, uh, because that whole sequence is messed up because the the amount of changes between. How many enemies are left? Is is I would love to go back and watch that again. Well, you got to yeah. consider the fact. There's like trains empty, trains full again, mm-hmm. trains empty. It was like insurgent. Like, when yeah. Professor X and Magneto and Beast and Mystique all go in a 30 year time span and they don't look any different, but then you know in eight years they're gonna look like Ian McKellen. Uh, you gotta gotta let some stuff go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it, the, I like the Hans Zimmer score was great. Hans Zimmer yeah, score, the score on it was, was really fantastic. Good. Yeah. Um, I think something else that the, the, the movie suffered from, though, is that even Apocalypse, which is not a great X-Men movie, right? But it still had some really cool mutants that we hadn't seen on screen before. We had Psylocke. We had Archangel. You know, there was, there was Apocalypse himself. There were some cool mutants we saw. And then in this, t- speaking on the blandness of the whole movie, we get, like, a guy who twirls his dreadlocks. Oh, my you God. Know what I mean? When I figured out that dude's mutant power, I was like, what? Uh, right. I, I, so it was so underwhelming. Like, if you're going to go at it like a chick with a New York bus like that. If you're going to go out, like, how are we like, not going to have any new mutants? It also, like, it just felt before. cheap at times because there's a fight scene that's supposed to be on the streets of New York, but it was so clearly the streets of London. This yeah. movie was shot in London. They, it was so transparently London to the point where they had a red double-decker bus. I was about bus. to say, I was like, oh man, this is totally New York. Look at that red double-decker bus. Like, like, it, it looked, it's, the buildings themselves looked like London. And yeah. If you haven't been to London, I mean, you've been to London. Yeah. You know what London looks yeah. like. You've seen pictures of London at least. It looks like old England. Old England, historic buildings on the streets of London. New York does not look like that. No. And they, I mean, they if tried. If it was New York, people would have been out of their cars with bats and pipes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Cyclops would have stop, gone to shoot his traffic. damn rays, and he would have got a baseball bat to the yeah, side of the head from the, a taxi driver. Yeah, homeless person would have tackled him, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah there were great. some shots Best that I really did like. Like, the space stuff was really, pr- like, kind of visually good. Sure. Um, some yeah. of the shots of Gene, like, taking on the house when Quicksilver's, like, coming out or that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, so there were some good shots. In Ty there. Sheridan, I like Ty Sheridan. The train sequence was pretty good in terms of like action, except for the generic villain stuff. Like it was good, and just seeing the X Men use all their yeah. and Magneto and him like just cutting people up and like pulling stuff and mm-hmm. stabbing it. Like yeah, that was really cool. Um, even Professor Xavier being kind of like a strategist and like saying like do this, move here, like go here, like and kind of leading the team was kind of cool to see for once. I love the scene where Magneto takes all the guns. Yeah, and pointed at Jessica point. Chastain at yeah. one point. Right. That was a great scene. Oh, yeah, great. just yeah. all and like a good callback. But like he also, how did he not shoot himself? Because there were guns behind her, pointed at him. And I was like, wait a second. Because he controls all the metal. Yeah. Duh. 
Come on. Again, why are we thinking so much about this? But I, I also, I like Ty Sheridan a lot. I'm a, I'm a big I feel like Ty he Sheridan packed fan. on a little muscle for this. Yeah, Definitely he got, beefed he's up got a bigger, bit. Man. I'm a yeah. big fan of Ty Sheridan. And days. I don't think he did a bad job acting. But that F word was so oh, awkward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He weird. dropped. I was just like, wait, what's this movie rated? I was that, like, it's PG 13. And it's one thing when, like, Logan comes in the cameo and drops an F bomb. It's a whole other thing when it comes from Cyclops. Because it, it never fit that character before. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. Logan, you could see it fitting his his dialogue. Yeah. And um, one thing I will say I'm disappointed with is this movie kind of does a fast, loose shuffle with characters, right? Like, you think you have this whole X-Men team, but then they start shuffling off characters really quickly. Like, Mystique gets killed. Quicksilver gets, quote-unquote, injured. Mm-hmm. And it's like not... Evan Peters was like, look, I got two days. I'm gonna shoot for two days. <laughs> like, what, a, what, a, what a bummer, too, because one of the best things about Days of Future Past and Apocalypse is both, like, Quicksilver's little, you know... Well, it, they gave him two half scenes. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it was yeah the space shuttle thing. He throws people a little quickly and then gets out of there and then like, runs yeah, it, but not for comedic effect. So it's, and just like literally yeah. going like in the third act of the movie, Professor X being like, "All right, I'm gonna go do this third act fight, uh, but I'm not bringing anybody with me. We're gonna scale this thing down." Yeah, and Storm having to be like, "Look, I need some screen time. I'm coming <laughs> with you." We're doing this. Like, stop trying to leave me. So out. you're ready to say goodbye to all these uh, cast members and uh, reboot them for the MCU? I mean, I don't think it was the cast's fault. No, yeah, and well, that's the no, thing. Like, I'm kind of frustrated on that front because I, I'm ready to do away with the older X-Men. Like that whole thing. Like the ones we grew up with. Like you know, Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, all of them. But I felt like these guys have finally like really grown into this. Like with this film, which is kind of the irony here. Like. I like Cody Smith McPhee as Nightcrawler now. I really like yeah. Magneto more than ever after this movie. Like mm-hmm. I would love to see more Fassbender as Magneto. Um, I even like James McAvoy more as Xavier because he has a more complicated role in this. Where I like those uh, Xavier stories from the comics where he's not just a shining good guy, and people start to question him and being like, "Charles, you do some shady stuff." And like I like that stuff. I liked Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. I liked Ty Sheridan as Cyclops, and I thought that was one of the the better Gene Cyclops kind of relationships we've had in the movies. I could actually believe that they were in love and like a good couple in this. And so I, see, I, I thought that Sophie and Ty had great chemistry. I thought that aspect was a little underwhelming. Yeah. I, I, I definitely liked the previous incarnation of Cyclops and uh, Jean Grey better. I think it was better I than James Marsden and maybe I'm just biased. Jensen, I feel like in watching she, where she's towering over him being like Scott and he's just like Well, yeah, but Gee. you also you also had that the aspect of Wolverine being in the picture and Yeah, and that was always the made a that was always more the, of a complicated the, the love triangle. Like, yeah, yeah. Hugh Jackman and, yeah. and the Gene thing was always the best. Right. Like, yeah. But it is in the comics too. Yeah. And know. yeah, exactly. And of course they had to leave that out of this one because right. that would have been super creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if Hugh Jackman was there. Yeah. <laughs> hey Gene, you're looking pretty good these days. <laughs> Although I don't know if it was it would have been creepier. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it would have been any creepier than like because I remember being kind of unsettled when I mean if you think about when, uh, Wolverine. Jennifer Lawrence was in Michael Fassbender's bed in like first class. Yeah. And like I was like, oh, that's kinda Eh, it's a little creepy because yeah, but even he's a little young. even when Wolverine likes the original Jean Grey, I mean he's like a hundred, so it's still kind of creepy. Yeah, Good for no, Wolverine. no, <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> oh man, so like yeah, um, yeah. I mean Logan was kind of a missing presence from this movie. I mean, yeah, I, I think I would have appreciated like one last cameo from him, but uh, Hugh Jackman. No, he's no, that would have been a that would have been an asterisk on his legacy. You think so? You got a great send off. Let it go. Uh, yeah, I I do agree with you, but I also think Wolverine Origins is the biggest asterisk on his legacy he's ever going to have. So I don't remember it. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So overall, not a horrible film. Just not a particularly good. No, movie. I don't. I don't think that it's like it's got. It's like a twenty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, right? It's like twenty points lower than it's Wolverine. It's better Origins. than that. It's be- yeah, yeah. I agree. This needs to be in like the fifties or sixties. Yeah, like, that's where it deserves yeah, to be. Yeah, I'd say if I put it in the fifties, that's that's where I, that's where I was at with my review. I gave it a three out of five because I feel like a two out of five indicates something different, which would be just a really really bad, pretty awful film. Mm-hmm. Um, and a three out of five is like, all right, it's not terrible, but it seems much more flattering. And unfortunately, yeah. we don't. I mean, do there was some good production work put book. into this, some good visuals. Like, I mean, there's not, like, yeah. It, it, I think just like Apocalypse, if you're an X Men fan, there's going to be stuff in the movie that you can cherry pick out and enjoy. So, 
And I like this one because my big thing about Apocalypse was I felt like Apocalypse was too much of a soundstage movie. It felt hollow, especially in a third act battle. Um, this was a little bit more vibrant and lively with the with the set. With the exception of the New York street scene. I mean, it was still a street. It was just a real street. It was just the wrong real street. But like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the other side of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the Jess- I feel so bad for Jessica Chastain, who's like a really talented She's actress. so talented, and her role sucked. Yeah. And having to go out there and smile and market this movie must be painful. Like, mm. It After looks like what, it. and I'm sure well, when I interviewed she that, got in for a much different performance. You look at the interview that I did with Sophie Turner and Jessica Chastain, and they outright say several times in the film, "We didn't prep for this movie." Like they say it three three times in one interview in four minutes, and I'm like, "Why would you say that?" <laughs> I don't get it. But they're just having fun with it. I think I think they're like aware of this movie. They know it's just going to be what it's going to be. Let's just do our job and smile and wave. Yeah, and I feel bad for Jessica Chastain. Like you said, yeah, she's a better I, actress than, uh, than this she. Movie. I mean, she'll she'll get it back come it chapter two. Yeah, she's not. I mean, this isn't going to hurt her career. Yeah. This movie's going to go no. quietly into the night. It's going to be the end of the X Men franchise, and that it'll just come and go. Yeah, it was just that the fact that she's so talented. Like all the places she could have ended up in a comic book movie, it's like you ended up in this. I asked yeah. her also, would you do another comic book movie? She said, uh, maybe not for like ten more years. <laughs> so. Wow. If that tells you. Well, that's not telling. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well. You guys have any closing thoughts? Uh, are we just going to say goodbye to the X-Men? I said enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what Marvel does now. Yeah, right? Like, let's talk about the happy stuff. Yeah. Now, what are some things that we can Start learn throwing from out this some... franchise that uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe can hopefully correct? Don't do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, let's go beyond Magneto, Professor X, and... Yeah, and please don't try to throw Mystique back in here. I mean, I would like to see Mystique used as real Mystique. No black leather. That's what I'd like. Yeah, no black leather. Real. That's, I would like to see the real I want to see wo- real I want to see that Wolverine costume. I want to see Wolverine dressed From the Wolverine. The yeah, like, not a, maybe that exact one, but that concept. Would, were you uh, yellow and blue or uh, brown and blue? I like, or not brown and blue. Brown, I brown mean, I came in at brown and uh, brown and yellow, so yeah. like I want that. I came in at brown and yellow, but I also really love the blue and yellow from the animated series. So oh yeah, I mean yeah, I'm it's a classic. Either or. So will they do a Wolverine origin story set in like the twenties or thirties? They can They could. Since, I mean, but then how has he been there the whole time? But Wolverine, I think, is another character. He's not a celebrity but like Fantastic gene, Four. But then the mutant gene is. Yeah, it depends on how they handle the mutant gene for sure. But there could be an instance like to, where there are some mutants that haven't. I would been like them to go yet. back to the, uh, cla- I mean, to the real classic Wolverine first appearance, like, like him jumping the Hulk, like and being like, who That's is this? That's what person? I, uh, yeah, I somebody who's like somebody a too. like a special agent of the Canadian government sent after the Hulk and you know comes at him. Like I would love to see that. I mean, that'd be cool. But will Mark Ruffalo be around long enough for Wolverine to debut in the MCU? I mean, he'll be alive, yes, but like, will he be the Hulk? Hey, we make holograms. We can make a CGI, Mark Ruffalo, whether he participates or not. Like, <laughs> That's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, so he'll be there. But, uh, yeah. I mean, who knows what will happen with Hulk by then, but Hulk's one of those characters, like, yeah. Well, and also because Apparently of Apparently anybody can play him. Because of the CGI, also, I mean, Mark Ruffalo could play him for another 20, 30 years. Or you could just recast the guy. Has that ever happened? I, don't, I, don't I can't remember. remember one instance where I think Hulk's been recast. Yeah. Mm. No, no. The one Hulk we've had is the one Hulk we've always had, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I think we're just all hoping to see kind of something closer to the comic book X Men that we know and love. Some more storylines that are bigger than just the same Professor X, Magneto, somebody in the middle. Yeah, kind of. Thing. I also think that if you introduce Wolverine in the way that he was introduced in the comics, it gives some credence to bring Wolverine, the most popular character into the MCU well before you even have to introduce the X-Men. Yeah, because, I mean, to be fair, Wolverine didn't just come in right. with the X-Men. Like right. He was his own I don't thing. think they're going to rely on any of the popularity from previous X-Men f- movies or, or Oh, I mean, I, I, I disagree in this sense. I mean, they've got m- real money with doing Wolverine again. Doesn't, dude, they, they made Ant-Man a success. Oh, I, I know. I'm not saying that, but that was, that was out of necessity almost. I mean, they had to take those B characters, and they did a great job. Yeah. Now, now they've got Spider-Man. Now they've got Wolverine, and I think, I think you're going to really see Wolverine get pushed. I don't think so. You don't think? I'd be surprised if Wolverine is the leader of the X-Men charge. I'm not saying that, that that's kind of what we're no, talking about. No, yeah, we're talking about, about something different. He doesn't like, even have to be in the yeah, X-Men. Yeah, in the comics, he didn't start out in the X-Men. He was oh, no, part I know, of the age. But yeah. I'm saying, like, I, I'm saying I, I would be surprised if the X-Men charge in the MCU, 
like whatever the, like just the marketing front i mean not the can not the characters within the narrative i'm just saying bringing if the when the x-men are brought into the mcu i'd be surprised if wolverine is at the front of that ad you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see Scott Summers. Start I think to be much I, more what important. I'm saying, I think is, I think Wolverine will be his own ad. Mm. Like, I don't know if he'll be the front of the X-Men, but he will definitely be his own. He could, but I, I mean, think we'll see other characters become even, more even with oh, Wolverine. I, 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 I think that Bishop you could cover will finally matter. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool. Sky I mean, Clops where, where we are in the player. MCU, somebody like cable Bishop, somebody sliding through time stuff like that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. So I hope we do that. And I hope, I hope we could build up to something like an Age of Apocalypse like or something cool like that within 10, 12 years and just have something like that version of an MCU. Yeah. Like, wow. Crazy. I think that's, be that's so old. I also think that that's probably the saddest thing about Dark You'll Phoenix. be as old as I am right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> just because Last Stand ruined it and Dark Phoenix didn't didn't nail it. And don't so do a Dark Phoenix again. We're not. No, unfortunately, please. I don't think we're going to see. Which is sad. I would because have that's been one of my seen Avengers vs X Men with a better ending than the Avengers vs X Men comics involving the Phoenix Force. That could be interesting. That yeah. could be interesting. Yeah. I can see something with Rachel Summers or Hope Summers and that version of Phoenix and stuff like that. But Madeline Pryor. Yeah, like we've already struck out on Dark Phoenix twice, mm-hmm. which is the biggest head scratcher for me about this whole thing because it's so great in the comics yeah and we've tried to do it twice in movies and we've struck out twice not only have we struck out twice but the films nearly fell apart twice the early 90s animated series did it better than the exactly that oh that was like the best week of my life yeah that five-part dark phoenix saga Mm -hmm. it's really good i was in front of that tv every afternoon Like, I'm oh, man. TV. I just bought this. It, that was so good. Xbox. So I guess the end of this show, we really? should probably yeah. say, awesome. go get the classic 90s X-Men animated series and watch the five-part Dark Phoenix saga <laughs> there because it's, it's uh, pretty good. All right, that'll do it for us on this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you guys are just jumping in for this review and you haven't really listened to the show, we launch new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can sign up to our RSS feed to subscribe to the show or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. We are on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Playlist, Google Podcasts, or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device, play Comic Book Nation podcast and it will fire right up for you. If you have anything to add to the conversation you can always find us on social media at the hashtag comic book nation or you can hit us up individually you can find me at kofi outlaw at chris killian i'm at brandon davis bd if you guys want to leave us a five-star review we will be getting back to reading some reviews real soon so make sure you leave us a five-star review because if we read your review on the air we will send you some comic book nation swag And some of our fans, top fans out there, have been loving it and representing for us. So we're going to try to keep that train going. That'll do it for us this time. We hope to see you guys on next episode. This is Comic Book Nation. We're out.